In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Cole, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unclaimed, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsing. With me all the way across the pond is, boy, I don't know if I have, do I have them all today? The rock psychologist, and parapsychologist himself, Mr. Cal Cooper. Cal, you there? I'm here, Ron. How are you doing? I'll be damned. He is alive. Yeah, I'm alive. Just joining us is Mr. Parascience, the very cool Steve Parsons. Oh, thank you, Ron. Very good. So, uh, Cal, we keep the freeze. Kind of miss you. Shut up, Cal. (laughs) You're only alive from the neck up. (laughs) Yeah, I am. That's right. Um, I've been up to all sorts. Um, I've been away with filming projects, um, which is why I couldn't make last week's show. I've been writing up papers for deadlines. I've been at the university all day today because we've got new students coming in for the start of the new um, year. And um, some of the parapsychologists we had here have now retired. So we've had to kind of resort out all the programs and stuff. So I'll be teaching all the new set of students coming up for the third year parapsychology module and also those that do the masters so it's been a hectic day of sorting out timetables which is very boring well somebody has to do it better than you than me <laughs> yeah that's the one so anyways uh after last week's show you're listening to uh, ghost chronicles international right here on tojinet pararex ghost channel and beyond anyways uh at the end of last week's show uh Young Mr. Steve Parsons and I did a little chat, and we decided to come up with a experiment that we're going to launch in, what, next week, right, Steve? Uh, first show in October. So that would be next, well, two weeks, I guess. Okay. Two weeks. Yeah. And uh, are, you, are you familiar with this, Cal, or is it we dropping this on you like a lead balloon? Yeah, I, me and Steve needed to catch up on it, but um, you may as well explain it here and now if you're allowed to actually give away what it is. If you're not, then I'm going to have to wait. Oh, should we keep it secret for another week? No, no, I think we should get it, definitely get it out there and so people can start thinking about it and, you know, okay. planning in their, in their schedule. Really? Okay. All right, go ahead. Uh, what, what we're going to be doing, Cal, is mm-hmm. um, an online... Uh, series of double-blind Zener tests. 
Right, um, okay. We're going to be giving out five symbols every week, uh, rolled by Zena Dice. And then okay. over the course of the week, people are going to email in their responses. And, so I think they uh, should email them to Cal, though, right? Uh, yeah, or, well, we'll, 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 work, we'll figure that bit out, but people will send in their responses, and mm-hmm. Mr. Rockstar Parapsychologist will analyse the data. Okay. Um, and at the end of October, uh, the first show in November, we can uh, announce the results, and everybody that does enter um, a series of guesses will be entered into a draw. And the first prize is a night on a ghost hunt with, I'm lying here, Cal Cooper. And the second prize is two nights on a ghost hunt with Cal Cooper. <laughs> now, we'll come up with a prize. We'll come up with a they prize. They all sound like lies. <laughs> but uh, it, it's going to be a double blind because, obviously, um, the selection of the symbols will be made by the random throw of Zena Dice. Yeah. So we'll, we'll give out five symbols or we'll, um, we'll throw five symbols a week for okay. the shows in October. Does that sound like a good plan? No, that sounds really good. And, yeah, and then at the end of October, we'll, we'll do a drawing of all those who entered, and you'll get some stupid prize or whatever. <laughs> That'll make them want to take part, won't it? Some stupid yeah, prize. Take part. <laughs> <laughs> Win a stupid prize. Yeah. So, it's a CD anyway. we got off of a magazine. Yeah. Has, 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 has our guest been contacted yet? I know he's online, but... Yeah, but no, nope, he hasn't connected yet, so I just... I, I will let you know, Steve, anyways. Okay, okay. I but, can see him online, but... I, I do have in my hand, which I thought you guys might be interested, because, I mean, <laughs> I know you both don't believe in demons and devils and so forth. But uh, Ron, I have Ron here, remember, remember last week's show, Ron? We did this. I choose to ignore it. I have um, <laughs> Baskin's Dictionary of Satanism. Right. This is from, uh, let's see, 1902, I believe. 1902. Now, it has all the names of all the devils and demons and everything. And, and as you know, if you say the names of devils and demons, then you attract them, of course, because if you've seen Paranormal State, you know he has to write the name down and pass it on. So I was thinking maybe we ought to read like five a week in the year. Yeah, cool. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think about half our audience that we did. They'll all be possessed and... All right, then how, how about how about um, we, could, we could probably be sued for that, I would think. If, right, if I read a name and then somebody got possessed by a devil, then they could probably sue me, right? I'd love to see that going through the legal system. The guy on the radio sent a demon to my house. <laughs> <laughs> can, we, can we play Bloody Mary? Oh, we can do that easily. You know, we, we, I mean, we could do that one, say that three times in front of the computer and see if uh, any of us get... Killed. Oh, oh Steve, speaking of that, just disappeared while you were talking, Steve. <laughs> speaking of that, is so funny. Once I was um, at the cinema, and um, when I went into the, um, the the toilets, they'd written on the mirror there was these um, engravings of different film quotations, 
And on one of the mirrors, it said, say his name five times in the mirror. So obviously it was referring to the film Candyman, and you had to say his name five times in the mirror, and he'd appear behind you. I was the only one in the, the toilets at the time, and I was just washing my hands, and I just saw it and thought, oh, it's a quotation from Candyman. So I jokingly, while I was washing my hands, just said it five times in the mirror. <laughs> and the hand dryer just came on on its own. And I, for some strange reason, I just went, Jesus, and bent down and ducked, and my hands went over my head, thinking something had suddenly come out <laughs> as a joke that the cinema had set up thinking i was going to get attacked by this mannequin or something but it was a funny moment i was the only one there so i wasn't embarrassed now i am because i've shared it but yeah that was pretty uh, yeah yeah i i'd kept pretty dumb. quiet if it had been me <laughs> <laughs> so i mean oh, that's great i mean would you guys uh, you've all worked with mediums i think at one time in your lives when you get information and it seems to to make sense i mean how do you feel about that? Hmm. Uh, uh, I, I, I don't have any problem because in, in terms of working with mediums, if, if they give information, then, then it's documented. Um, if, it, uh, if it later proves to be accurate and correct, then you know, that's, that's, that's interesting. That, that all goes into the great pot of um, you know, adding towards the investigation. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't have a problem with it. I just every time I'm presented with a situation where I've got to kind of evaluate what they're doing, or if they try and say something to me and they turn around and say, "There, what do you think of that?" or explain that. Um, with the exception of maybe a couple of mediums, I've always felt quite guilty of saying, "Well, because you're insisting on asking for my sceptical opinion." All I'm going to do is present my sceptical opinion. I'm not doubting your abilities. I'm just saying from what you've provided me with, this is what I can make of it. And, um, you know, I've worked with certain mediums where we have been at a location and they're given names, they've given the odd date and given um, a description of how a certain death occurred. And when you trawl through the records of a building that's, say, six to 800 years old, you know, you find that name, you find that date, and you find someone that at some point died in that property of that that cause of death. And they say, you know, there, there's the link. But I'm looking at it thinking, well, you've got six to 800 years' worth of history to work with here. You know, you've got people that lived in the property. You've got people that are there for a day, you know, it's not a strong enough link. I mean, I think I could go to any haunted location and say certain names, dates, and cause of death, and at some point in the history, if the building's old enough, it should crop up in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I feel quite guilty when I go about doing that, but it's only because I've been asked to present a sceptical opinion. But I find nothing wrong with mediums giving readings or going out and um, presenting their views on a haunted building and what they think of its history and its past, because sometimes there's some very credible information that comes out that can be logged and documented that does seem to incredibly match certain people that were associated with the building at certain times. Mm. Can I just ask go ahead, both go ahead. of you, can I just ask a question? You know, I mean, we've all worked with After mediums. We've, we, we've all been on investigations with mediums. And we're all, you know, our guest tonight who tells me via text he's now online properly. Um... <laughs> He's a medium, and I've worked with him on investigations. But how many times have you ever uh, been presented with the media, uh, a situation where the medium is talking away, delivering stuff, and you're sitting, you're sitting listening or standing alongside them going, will you shut the f*** up? You're, you're mad. You are really mad. 
Well, I mean, of course, you don't say it, but has anybody ever succumbed to the temptation? I'm afraid not. Unlike um, you, Mr. Parsons, I'm a little bit more civilized. Thank you. No, as I said, I didn't say it, but has anybody ever succumbed to the temptation? Oh, I've thought about it many, many times. (laughs) Say that to your wife? Yeah. (laughs) Only only once. So I, I, I want to. Uh, I'm going to bring up a situation. I mean, this past was not last week. The week before, we went to Ward Island and Biddeford Pool, Maine, and we spent. Uh, it, it's a deserted island. There's nobody on the island. You have to go in by a, virtually a landing craft and then travel across the island to the lighthouse, which is a uh, unoccupied. And, and we spent the night there anyway. So uh, while the weekend there, actually. But anyway, it's late Saturday night. Uh, we, we were getting punchy by then, by the way. You know, uh, we took out this this game, as I call it, but uh, they say it's a tool. It's called the Spirit Circle, and it's basically kind of like a glass swirling thing, but it gives you a little bit more information. Uh, I guess you would call it a combination of uh, Ouija board and glass swirling. But anyways, we did this thing. It was there was. Uh, uh, four people that were with us, and they attempted to do it, and virtually nothing happened. Then we switched out. I went on it. Uh, Leslie, who's a medium in my group, went on it. Karen, and then another woman who was with us uh, went on it. And we, it started working, and we started getting information. And the information we got was about a, a pirate named Scud who buried treasure on this island. And he gave us uh, weird coordinates, which I can't figure out. And that's pretty much it. Uh, so those were the, you know, the, the high points, I guess you would say. So when we got back from uh, the island, we did, we did some research. Oh, there's a girlfriend is there. So anyways, we did our research, and we found out there was a pirate named Scud Moore. Uh, and he was up in the area because he was on trial in Boston, which isn't too far away. And also, we also found newspaper clippings where gold, oh, it was Spanish gold, by the way, and Spanish gold was found in the town where this island was on. So is that any reliable at all, or is it, or is it just what? I don't know. Cal, you'll have to answer that one. I was dealing with trying to get Andy online, and he's now joined us. So. Uh, can you can you? Hey, hey. Again, you've got to look at the history and how far... I mean, <laughs> not to uh, be too sarcastic about it, but history goes back a long <laughs> way. <laughs> and, you know, there's so many things that could have happened associated in that area um, yeah. w- with um, the sea and pirates and boats and cargo that came in and out, illegal activities that happened... You know, somewhere in the history, it's bound to match up. The only way you can have more reliability is the more accurate information that comes in that specifically ties a person, their name, dates to a particular location, what they were doing there, what occurred, and how easy it is to actually access that information as well. Um, that, that's the only well, way you can... The interesting part, I mean, we, we knew nothing about the area, and we knew nothing yeah. about any of it, so, I mean... There were, we weren't persuaded by anything, so it's, it's just the information that came up. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Well, Steven? you're going to have to keep going back there, Ron, and just see what further information you get. If that technique worked for you, I'd try it again for you and see how it, was, it progresses. It was interesting. You know, like I said, I, by that time of the night, I was punchy. You know, I was like, uh, whatever. And, uh, <laughs> uh, 
was joking and everything, but still this crap came through, which made no sense to me until we went mm. back and did some research. And then, well, it wasn't as far-fetched as it sound, sounded. Mm. Uh, but anyways, I guess, uh, well, I would like to get Steve's uh, thought on that before we bring it, I guess. I, well... I'll be I'll be absolutely honest. I was so busy texting Andy to make sure our guest came. Oh, on. never mind. Then. Never mind. I actually, had, oh, no, I actually no. had my headphones off, so I didn't hear very much of the conversation. Well, let's, just, we'll just let's just sum it up, Steve. I did Steve, hear re- something about pirates. How reliable? If you're getting odd bits of information from the Ouija board and table tipping, and you didn't know about the place's exact history, and you got some information through it that relates to the building, how accurate and reliable do you think that information is? Well, I, at that time, I don't make any assessment of the reliability because, um, you know, it's a documenting thing. And there is always nowadays, um, you know, people may say that, well, I've never read about it, I've never heard about it. But that doesn't mean to say that in the past that they haven't, you know, glanced at something on the internet. They may have a, a smartphone with them. Um, there, is, there, is, there are so many, you know... I always say, if the information is available and I can get hold of it, then anybody can get hold of it. Um, so what we're looking for... Steve, you know what? That's a pile of crock. You know what? <laughs> it's, it's really... All you're saying is, I don't trust anybody of anything they're saying, and anything they say is a bunch of crock. So, I mean, no, that's, that's, no, 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 you oh, jumped on too got, quickly they've because... Got phone, they've got a phone with them. Like, oh my God, I, I don't... Bring it on, I guess, before I get drunk here. What you've never you've never been in a situation where you've caught the medium with an iPhone, or an investigator using their iPhone to check the location out. I've See, certainly. I, seen I that. had to take Ron's iPhone, iPhone away from him. <laughs> I have oh. definitely seen it in situations where. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't doubt it, Steve. I don't doubt it. But you didn't hear the the original thing that we were bringing up in in your no, comments. I was ans- no, I was answering the question that Cal asked me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> don't worry. Fight, fight, fight. I, I still love you. <laughs> Anyways, let's bring on our guest. Uh, you, you want to introduce him, uh, Mr. Uh, Parascience? Well, I mean, yeah, uh, I've known I've known this guy for oh, a few years now. Uh, we've worked together on one or two local investigations before he moved away. Um, he describes himself as an international medium, and he, he goes by the rather bizarre name of Andrew Baphomet. We, we've said a demon's name. Taylor, um, he's currently living in Norfolk, which is the east coast of the UK. Uh, so hopefully he can hear me. Andy, good evening. Yeah, can you hear me? Oh, perfect. Yay! Yay! Yeah, I was going to strike up the Ouija board a while back there because things were struggling this end. I don't know if it's a signal or what. <laughs> the computer is the uh, modern equivalent of the Ouija board. We all know that. I, I, yeah, I feel very much that. I mean, when it came to the iPhone, but yeah, I can't afford an iPhone. Yeah, me too. It's one medium you'll never find with an iPhone. The interesting thing, uh, Andrew, and, and, and welcome, welcome to Ghost Chronicles International and TojiNet, uh, Parax Ghost Channel and beyond, um, is that I read your thing. You, you go on investigations, you make yourself available at no charge. Yeah, so, that's correct. Right, so you, you must have a day job and, and you do this as what? It's more or less as a hobby, basically. Okay. I, I don't have a day job. I'm, I'm actually disabled. Okay, okay. 
so I, I don't have to work. I don't need to work in that in that respect. But um, no, I mean it's it's more or less a hobby, and you know I, I can't afford to pay expenses. If somebody covers my expenses and my costs, then yes, I'm quite prepared to attend. You know, for a serious investigation, I'm not there for kicks. Um, it's just seeing what we can find around what I come up with. All right. So, so Cal, would we believe a medium uh, like Andrew, who does not charge uh, for his services, versus uh, would be more than a person who would charge for his services? Um, that's a difficult one to kind of. Uh, answer really because over time we've had um, if you, you go into cycle research history there have been some interesting mediums that have presented some fascinating results that charged a very high price um, to entertain the upper classes and um, so forth um, I think Helen Duncan was definitely one that um, at the start was um, producing incredible information then later down the line a lot of people believe that she became prone to acts of fraudulent activity but she certainly made a, a handsome living out of it um, for quite a while. And then there's other mediums that say, yeah, I'm not in it for the money. I'll, I just want to kind of help with the research and so forth that are also quite credible as well. So I, I don't think it's really for me to judge on the money aspect whether they're charging or not makes them credible. You've got to judge each individual medium on their merits and how well they're performing and how they go about doing things, really. I mean, Is that a question everyone, of belief again, though, isn't there? Well, everyone's got, unfortunately, everyone's got to make a living. And uh, if you're making a living from some skill that you have, be it psychic abilities, if you believe that you've got them and they're proving successful to the point that people want to pay you money to kind of do whatever, you know, I don't think the money aspect is really affecting whether you've got an ability or not. And it's not something you can kind of really judge so much or to some extent the, the medium on. It's a tricky one, that, Ron. There's a tendency, I believe, that people take something they're paid for far more seriously than something they're given freely. That's mm. part of the, the quandary that I end up in. Yes, I do charge for my services on a one-to-one -one basis, and I will take bookings to the platform, but they're very few and far between, and they're very rare, Then there's no way I'd make a living from it. Mm. So, you know, basically, they're just, you know, they're the icing on the cake. They're very occasional. I've just done my first platform work for 18 months now. And that's just one evening's work in 18 months. So, you know, I don't, I don't have to charge. And with the, when it comes to the investigations, well, Steve couldn't afford to pay me anyway, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, Ron, it's, we're back on that. You, you, you posed the question in terms of do we believe um, um, someone who gives us a reading free of charge as opposed to do we believe somebody who... who uh, who does it for free it's not i don't think you know emphasizing the point i made earlier it's not really about belief at, at those stages during an investigation we can't possibly check up on the you know the masses of information that we're getting and so you know we just document um you know we we accept the information regardless of you know whether we're paying whether the medium's pe being paid or whether the medium's there on a free on a freebie you know we all we can do at that stage surely is to accept the information document it and then add it into the you know the sort of the process of get, uh, building up the case so i don't think belief actually enters into it at that stage okay so, Andrew, I mean, how did you get involved and in, in, in how did you first develop your mediumistic abilities? Um, well, it's it's a strange one. You know, I've never actually been trained. I've not been to the, the usual spiritualist groups and trained through them. Um, 
the, the nearest I can get to pinpointing any sort of start to it was with my father just before he passed a couple of years ago. Uh, I'd gone for dinner. And he said that he was trying to work out when I'd first shown any sign of doing anything. And he said that when I was a very small child, um, when my mother passed when I was six months old, uh, he'd married, married very quickly. So I'd got a stepmother because he'd got young children and he needed someone to bring them up. And uh, he said that I used to be up in my room on my own, drawing at night, scribbling on bits of paper as a toddler. And once I'd got enough uh, language there for, there for him to ask questions, because I used to be gabbling away in the room to somebody that I'm seeing, and he came in the room one night and he said, excuse me, son, he said, who are you talking to? And I said, the lady in white that comes to teach me to draw. The point was, my birth mother was a commercial artist. So, yeah, I, you know, I just think it's something I was born with and it's just something that's kept on running, really. Hmm. Is so that I've something never developed. That... Sorry, go ahead, Carl. Is, is that something you've continued through? Have you incorporated artwork with... Um, yes, yes, I have worked yeah. with with, uh, with the artists. Well, I, I wouldn't class myself a psychic artist. Um, I think Kieran defines a psychic artist. I've got six faces they generally use, but no, I don't. I don't do psychic art in that respect. But yes, I have worked with art, and that being that, you know, on, on my own you know, for my own mediumship, my own satisfaction. Yeah. Really. Hmm. Has that produced some good results with people recognizing the faces or images yes, that? Yes. You Yes, yeah, very much so. Um, yeah, they're sort of back of the cigarette packet sort of things, you know. They're sort of, an, <laughs> it's, it's like, yes, it's something else I can try. You know, I'm willing yeah. to try anything. But, you know, if spirit can come through in whatever way it can, whatever show for me, everybody seems, seems to think we're a telephone. We're not. It's not an exact science. I'll be the first to put my hands up to that. You know, um, this thing is a lot easier <laughs> than getting onto the spirit. You know, they come through to us in all sorts of ways. A lot of times it's like a puzzle to make. The pictures that I have to put together and decide for the cryptic clues, and then I've got to feed that back to somebody in, a, in, in some manner that they can understand. Yeah. So, Steve, I don't often hear of you working with psychic mediums at haunted locations. So what kind of things did you and Andrew work on together? Uh, actually, Andy and I worked on um, when when the first of the ghost boxes came, the Frank's boxes came over from America. We were uh, quite keen to try it out uh, mm-hmm. in in a haunted location, and particularly with a medium. Um, and so, Andy and I spent um, quite a few nights together um, while while we set up the. Uh, they were very rough and ready sort of series of tests. You, know, you wouldn't call them experimental or in any way. It was just, you know, get the feel of the equipment, get the feel of what it was doing. Um, and I, you know, uh, enrolled the help of Andy um, for doing that. The rest of the stuff we've done has been primarily um, with, I think we've had Pembrokeshire Beyond on in the past. And uh, in terms of public events, um, they've... You know they've they've asked me along and they've asked Andy along as the medium for the for the uh, public event, uh, but certainly Andy uh, helped out with those first series of uh, Frank's box experiments. Mm-hmm. Helping how though? What exactly was uh, Andy? Well, what was your role in this? I think that basically, well, it, it was something that was completely new to me. It's something that. Uh, yeah, I think Steve described it as a sort of manner for the believers, and very much so. You know, it's, you can read anything into it. It's, it's, it's this um, pareidolia thing with sound. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, can, you can hear anything you want to hear, ultimately. But um, no, I, you know, I got quite enchanted by it in the end, and, and perhaps wrongly so. But, you know, I, I found that I was com- it was competing against what I was getting in my usual senses, you know, the yeah. usual sense. I was actually using my ears, and I don't normally do that. 
I think it plays back, you know, from the brain out towards the ears. Perhaps that's the way the psychic abilities work. I don't know. Whereas I'm taking this in orally through the ear and trying to process it in the brain, and I was getting a bit jumbled with it. Well, we're going to have to take a break right now, so you're going to have to hold that thought. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International right here on Tojanet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and Beyond with uh, Mr. Steve Parsons, Cal Cooper, and the humble New England's own Van Helsing, Ron Cole. We'll be right back after the following messages. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place an oasis in this hectic world. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk gobbly kooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange, deranged, so grab your favorite brew, it's time to rendezvous, as we give awards to the Parax family. Take 6,427. All right. Hi, I'm Ron Kolick, author and lead investigator of the New England Ghost Project, New England's own Van Helsink. And I'm Ann Kerrigan, the blonde bombshell, and I'm the lead investigator of East Bridgewater's Most Haunted. And we'd like to invite you to tune in. Ghost Chronicles, the next generation. Every Wednesday night. At 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on www.toginet.com. So, so Ann, what are they going to hear on this stupid show? What are they going to hear? They are going to hear things that they can't believe are happening. Like uh, Beyond Bizarre. And Cemetery Tripping. Oh, that's your deal, right? Absolutely. Yeah, one of these days you're going to get uh, so scared of one of these cemetery tripping things that uh, you'll I'll have to get a new co-host. <laughs> I am brave beyond belief. Nothing yeah, we'll see. scares me. Except- so anyways, if you're bored and you got nothing to do on Wednesday night, tune in to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Anne and Ron. See you then. Everything you heard about witches is true. Halloween is the time of year when the shades of the dead whisper from forgotten places and spirits walk among us. The witches of Salem, Massachusetts, honor this time with Festival of the Dead, an annual event series that explores death's macabre customs, heretical histories, and strange rituals. Founded by Salem witches, Sean Poirier, and Christian Day, and hosted by the foremost authorities on the spirit world. 
wild festival of the dead beckons guests to step through the veil into a mysterious realm where spirits await you. To learn more or to purchase tickets, visit festivalofthedead.com or call 978-740-9783. Happy Halloween! <laughs> And we are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Mr. Steve Parsons, the rock power, rock star, parapsychologist himself, Mr. Kel Cooper, and author of uh, phone call, Telephone Calls from the Dead. And also joining us, our very special guest, Mr. Andrew Taylor, a medium, and uh, of course, myself. So I do want to mention one thing before we do get into that, and is that I do uh, have my, uh, uh, what's that word coming up, class at Northern Essex Community College, of course, on uh, Paranormal CSI. It starts next Thursday. Uh, go to the website to check out. Uh, I believe there are a couple of spots open. So anyways, um, what we were, I forget what we were talking about before the break. I know we were close to something, but I have no clue. It was um, discussing what Andy and Steve were doing exactly with the ghost box or the right, box. That, that's right. That's right. And uh, and Andrew, I believe, was saying that he became fascinated with it. But, uh, you know, one thing about the ghost box or the hack shack or whatever you want to call it is when you do I your... I don't like the shack hack at all. Yeah, I prefer the real ghost box. The thing that clicks in the corner, it can stay clicking as far as I'm concerned. Uh, okay. Yeah, the ghost box was a lot superior to the shack hack. So and anything you do with those is you, you should record your sessions audibly anyway, so that you know that uh, you can you know can analyze yes. pretty much like an EVP. So I, I guess uh, <laughs> what were your results with this? I mean, were you, was Steve impressed by the work that both you and the Ghost Box did? Well, can I talk candidly? Yes, I, I think perhaps Steve was, but I think we were all buying into. Um, you know, somebody would hear something, and I think uh, Steve and other people that were present, yes, you all start hearing it. And I think then you get things to repeat it as you do, you're testing it out, you're saying, can you say your name again? And you all hear the name repeated. So, yeah, I think there's an element of that to it. But I, I don't know how Steve got on with the actual recordings and whether it, you know, it had any relevance to what we actually claim we were hearing. Um, well, I've I've actually got to make a slight correction there because um, there was one occasion when a Frank's box did get, did start to um, produce sounds that were more Raudiva EVP like a certain sort of uh-huh. sped up uh, series of sounds. Um, that was the only occasion I've I've been intrigued by a Frank's box to the extent where. Um, the recordings were worth a listen back, and to be honest, we never we we never really were able to make that much of the playback. You know, the, the, it was a, it was quite a short duration event. Um, I've used it on countless um, uh, you know occasions, both privately and publicly. You know, I've I've you know followed the you know sit down uh, with the with the damn thing on my own for an hour to to see what would happen and i'll be honest nothing ever does um 
you know, it, it's not that I'm not unaware of EVP techniques and the fact that, you know, EVP researchers say that you have to work with these things for, um, you know, up to three months, three, four, five months before you, you start to get results. And we have done uh, long-term EVP experiments that, that have that duration. Um, they're completely separate than the Frank's box. Uh, the Frank's box, it is, it's like crack cocaine. Um, wow. You will hear whatever you want to hear. Um, and we can demonstrate that time and time again. Now, does this include Ben Bolton? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to explain that one. <laughs> that was very good, though. I mean, how many times do you have to go through the football matches around that night to see if Bolton was <laughs> playing anywhere? So. <laughs> that, well, that was quite good, I've got to admit. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they claim to be random devices, but, uh, you know, I, I've learned from experience that they're not actually that random, and you do get, you know, mm. it does keep returning to the same station periodically, um, well, and so it does the remove the randomization. In little installments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've noticed that sometimes they can come back on the same kind of mm. conversation or topic that you hear a particular radio presenter going through, or as you say, stuff like football results and stuff. I probably mentioned it time and time again, but the time I was with Kieran and uh, some of the students he was with in Northampton, when we were going through one of the uh, ghost boxes, and uh, I said something like, if there's anyone there, um, can you speak now? And it went through several stations. You heard bits and bobs of things coming out. Then all of a sudden it stayed long enough, just long enough in a few split seconds, just to hear Elvis say, it's now or never in the middle of one of his songs, and then went off to other things. So, of course, we all burst out with laughter, and, you know, uh, we kept on posing questions to it, which eventually you would get something that was meaningful. But, you know, we could tell it was the radio stations. Yeah, but, I mean, a believer would actually... I, one of the explanations for the ghost box that, that's, um, you know, there are several, but one of them actually is um, that the spirits select an appropriate piece of <laughs> real audio. You know, so if you're saying, you know is there anybody here, can't you hear me now? And it gets, it's now or never. They would say that the spirits have pre-selected that, 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 you know, that snippet of audio. And so that would be a hit for them. Um, mm. you, might, you might argue it, it's, it's sheer coincidence. Um, I remember one occasion uh, when we were using it and the, we were picking up, because it was quite late at night, and we were getting the French stations on the long wave, so there was lots of uh, French voices, lots of Spanish voices, lots of European voices coming through, um, and then somebody made a, you know, a big leap from it. You know, my great-grandfather was French. Yeah. yeah. You know, so people will... One of the, it's also very dependent on the nature of the questions that, that, the, um, that you ask. But well, Ben Bolton was a scout, and you verified that, Steve. <laughs> well, being a, being a scout, so I can recognise the accent. But yeah, you understood the humour, I think. That's what it was. <laughs> um, but it's very much, uh, you know, in terms of the questions. If you ask a very specific question, you are going to wait much longer, possibly forever, for an answer. But if you say, "Can you tell me your name?" Any name will do as a response. Can you tell me how many spirits there are here in the room? people will hear numbers and interpret, you know, or sound and interpret them as numbers. Um, so if the question is broadly framed, people get the answers much quicker than, let's say, than if you, you know, if you ask it for something very, very specific. Can you tell me the, the name of the street that we're in? Can you tell me uh, the colour of the walls in this room? You will wait much, much longer. Mm. Well, it depends on the shade, doesn't it, Julia? 
from his magnolia, you'd, you'd probably you'd well, probably get it more quickly. So. Might be Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> it could be. It could be that. Yes, indeed. But the thing that I found though was that with the Frank's box, I mean, I've, I've done it with the Ouija board. You know, you've seen me work alongside a Ouija board, and I seem to be able to tie into that sort of on a mental level. And what we get on the board very much fits with what I'm getting. In my, in my head, to, you know, for want of a better word. But the Frank's box seemed very much at odds with it. It seemed to be answering a lot, a lot of the other people around there, but it was at, at, at odds with what I was getting from Spirit. Uh, do you remember any of that at all when we were doing that? Um, I, 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 there were so many there were so many trials with the Frank's box. Um, I do remember one um, interesting one where we we went round, we had, a, I think it was a group of six people, and we asked individually uh, for the Frank's box to say their names. So can you say, uh, and it would, you know, we got, got five of the six done in about five minutes. And the sixth one never, ever happened. And at the end of the night, the poor person was very, very disgruntled and upset because, you know, it said everybody else's name, but it wouldn't say mine. And uh, they were really upset about that. So uh, we, we set it up again. And um, after about, I think, two or three minutes, they got to hear the name, so they went away happy. Oh, um, always always pleased to, you know, the spirits were always pleased. I think they were just playing with us that night. But, uh, yeah, we had one very disgruntled uh, person because the, the, fr- the box didn't hear the name. Although, interestingly, afterwards, somebody did come up and say, well, it did, hear, it did say the name, it's just they missed it. And I didn't like to say it at the time. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, you, I do want to people ask you hear what they want to hear. I do want to ask Andrew a question, and it kind of goes back to what I was talking about, about that spirit circle thing that I was doing. And originally, there were four people on, on this board, and they got no activity at all. And then we brought four new people on, and then uh, we got a, a large amount of activity. Do you? And I, I think this kind of goes in with the Frank box, too, is, is do you think that spirits connect to particular people uh, and also have to learn different uh, methods themselves, or is it just are they all knowing and and they'll work with anyone and they can work with anything? I think they'd like to work with anyone. That's a fact. So that's that's what I seem to get. But no, I think you're very right. Um, and it's it goes back to this old thing of me turning around and saying the skeptics have got to turn around and suspend their disbelief somewhat. But I believe very much that is the case. You know, you've got to temper that slightly, and you've got to be allowed. You've got to allow things to come in and experience them. If, you, if you're going to stonewall it every time, then you're not going to experience it, and that's very much in my beliefs. Isn't that also supported by parapsychology research, Cal? Uh, Experimenter yeah. effect. No, the experimental effect. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does. Um, if you believe something's going to happen, then usually you'll find an effect for it. And there are certain yeah. parapsychologists where we've seen examples, I'm not going to name names, but there are some that have a strong belief in a certain type of phenomena, and they get incredible significance. And there are some that strongly believe nothing's going on, and they never seem to find anything when they both kind of tinker with each other's research and try to say, look, there's nothing there, look, there's something there. Um but when you're actually in the situation, when you're actually at the haunted location and you're getting involved and you're getting familiar with the place, you start to become living in it. It's like you said throughout the show, Ron, you said um, we were having a laugh with the Ouija board or the table and then things started to come out more. 
um, you were getting relaxed, you were actually um, settling down, you were probably forgetting the fact that you were in a haunted location. So it was kind of leveling out your beliefs. I mean, you might be encouraged by the fact that you were getting what you believe to be information, but it was the fact that you were separating yourself from being there as an investigator and keeping a sceptical head on things. And I also remember when you showed me that footage of the table where it was going like mad and you said that it came about a half foot or a foot off the floor, everyone was laughing and getting into it. Um, mm -hmm. I've been at locations before where we haven't been doing table tipping or Ouija boards and I've been sat on the floor for about five hours watching a series of video cameras and you just get very bored um, oh, yeah. because you're not getting into it, you're not seeming to get anything. Has that got anything to do with whether there's any genuine activity there or is that the psychological effect behind hauntings? Um, so yeah, you have got a huge experimental effect going on that you've really got to consider in these situations where you are, what you're doing and who with. Also, I think we've also got to mention, Cal, the work of Sorat um, and their research, which suggested that um, if, you, if you start to provoke uh, a response, you, you may actually um, end up producing a response. Mm. Um, this Sorat was a research program that was, uh, or a group that was set up, and what they were essentially doing, or what, how, what they... Uh, amongst the experiments that they did was actually one uh, one member of the group, one or two members of the group, uh, would actually um, produce effects. They would, you know, knock on things. They would tap without other members of the of the group being aware of it. And then after several minutes, at a prearranged time, that they would cease uh, this this sort of make believe activity, this this sham uh, activity. Um, only to discover that real activity would then take its place, or apparent mm. real activity would then take its place. Um, and it's certainly the case from, from... Sorry, Ron, but... Go ahead, finish. I was going to say, it's certainly the case from many, many uh, paranormal investigators anecdotally that the most likely time for something to take place is when you're setting up, packing up, or having a break. Mm. When you're least, you know, when you're when not you're actually investigating. When you stand Does, back the camera's been put away? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah you know, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, this past weekend I was able to go to a, uh, a workshop for a, a guild of uh, museums, uh, museums, uh, magicians. Um, it's called Bizarre Magic. It's not your traditional magic. They, they go into more of the, uh, the strangest stuff. But uh, and during the workshop and the discussion, it came up several times that during their acts or, or their tricks that they really believe that paranormal activity came through. And I think that's kind of what you were saying in, in just a few minutes ago, right, Steve? That's exactly right. And it's, it's been, you know, it's, it's an experience of my own as well. We had, uh, we'd set up a fake seance oh, many years ago now, um, and we we definitely were faking some of the early um, phenomena that took place. And what what then happened was we stopped doing it, but for not different phenomena, but f you know uh, phenomena nonetheless continued. Um, and we weren't able to explain what that was. We knew we weren't doing it because we knew we had stopped, um, but something took over. Hmm. Well, this is crying out to also mention Owens and Sparrow's documentation of the Toronto SPR's Philip experiment. Yeah. So, you know, the, this idea of, um, okay, let's create a person, let's give them a history, and let's all 
put our heads together and positively think that this person did once live in this place and they're now haunting the place and so much so they created a ghost and it was this it became this individual personality that was in the place they even drew a picture of what philip would look like and um, or something that they created along those lines or Sorry, Andy, I didn't quite catch that. Was he a clergyman they created? I've got vague recollections of a case similar to I don't know if it's the same one. I think it was a clergyman they actually created as the character. I'm not 100% sure. Sea captain. Was, was it a sea captain? I know it was, yeah. I think it was a sea captain. <laughs> it's a long way, long way from it, but I've, I've got visions. Of, I don't know, somewhere in Bristol, maybe in England, they did something similar. Yeah, they gave them an incredible kind of complex history that they all got familiar with, so that they'd actually created this separate entity that became responsible for even some physical effects of the sounds room. There were even some side journal um, publications that the Toronto SPR did that aren't easily available, but that also showed that in subsequent experiments, the group also had an alien that came and contacted them as well in the sales room. So they had Philip and a female alien um, that was producing all this phenomena, so they believed. But again, it's because they believed that there was this character, this female alien that came along and <laughs> communicated with them and was responsible for any movement of objects within the room, any messages that they got and so forth. Well, having said all this, I mean, it'd be interesting to get Andy's take because, you know, Andy, are they, <clears throat> you know, you're the one who can communicate. Are they playing along with us or does the actions of us mimicking them set them off? Is it sort of like, you know, a human trigger object, if you get the drift of it, a trigger hmm. activity? Yeah. I, I think very much so. Um, when I did the, well, you've never seen me to a, a proper platform. So when I did the platform, as I said, I, you know, I wish you'd been there actually because you'd have enjoyed it. Um, the other one thing that I was saying to people is that when these people are coming through and giving me messages, the, the things that are important to us on this plane are completely irrelevant to spirit. They don't need to eat, they don't need to sleep, and they don't need to do that either. So, you know, the stuff that we want finding for, and it doesn't appeal to them. And I think that it's the silly things, it's these almost joking things, it's when we relax and we get into that frame of mind when we're relaxed, that's when we can best communicate. I know that that's probably the time that, you know, people are going to trick each other and our minds are, you know, they're prone to being uh, deluded, but, you know, a, a certain amount of that has got to be genuine in my opinion. I know a certain amount of it's going to be, you know, it's things that we're imagining, but there, there's an element of that that's, that's the genuine thing really, so that's what we've got to pin down and it's finding where, how we can pin that down and disconnect it from the, the, the other stuff, the fraudulent stuff. Does that make any sense? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was just interested in, your, in, you know, it certainly does seem to be the case that, you know, in yeah. certain instances we can provoke the activity um, or it seem to provoke activity, that, you know, that's very, very difficult to understand uh, how, it, how it's taking place. Yeah, I think the senior stuff. Sorry, carry on, Kath. No, no, Andy, Andy, please go on, go on. Yeah, I think Steve's witnessed it himself. We, we've had events where we've had, you know, eight to ten people there. You know, various members of Parasites have been involved, and we've we've sort of been there and we've we've been attacking it in the usual way. We've been calling out, we've been doing this, we've been doing that. Hang but on, hang on. Parasites <laughs> don't do calls. Stop it. Well, you've had me do it. <laughs> but then you would turn around and we've all relaxed. We've all relaxed. We've all took it easy. We've said, right, you know, let's bring the atmosphere down. Let's, let's chat. And that seems very much where I get a heightened awareness of what's happening and, and more stuff happening, you know, that I'm con connecting with anyway around that sort of atmosphere. It's when everybody relaxes and steps back, from, you know, from the noise to the grindstone attitude. That's where we seem to get more happening. Hmm. 
it, it just seems so weird because, I mean, I, I know many, many instances where uh, commercial haunted houses become haunted, even, even though there was no evidence of a haunting prior to them becoming a commercial haunted house. Is, is that, I mean, is that because of that activity is draws the spirit or, or are they just like, wow, this is cool. I can actually play with uh, people here. You know, I, I, I'm really, it's, it's interesting that it, that would happen. I just, yeah, I think the entities all, all sort of latch onto that. If people are going to go in there and, as you say, a commercial haunted house, as you have in America, you know, people or, you know, one of these screen places we have over here, and you, you get people in there and that kind of And I think, yeah, genuine spirits will latch onto that and they're just off for a laugh like the rest of us. Actually, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they, they're quite happy to do that. As I say, they don't have to eat, they don't have to sleep, they don't have any of the other. So, you know, what, what are you going to do for kicks? You're going to come down here and you're going to latch onto people that are. You know, put in a haunted reputation on a place, and you're going to use that to, to play a few tricks on people. Very much so, in my opinion. They always say with poltergeist cases that the poltergeist itself is a playful character, but if it's pointed, the fingers are pointed to a particular individual, and they say you're the focus of the poltergeist, and mm -hmm. that idea is encouraged. Um, especially Enfield being a prime example, the girls were yeah. very much prone to like praying the prank now and then, which a lot of the times they were caught for, and then the rest of the time you get this kind of physical effect where people are seeing objects moving independently, um, but then later on you try to communicate with this um, this single entity that turns out to be several people, but then you could argue, well, it's just the poltergeist playing a trick, pretending to be one person than the other, which when Janet was speaking, it did admit that it was pretending to be different people, and they always say it's got, the poltergeist has this playful attitude, it's got nothing better to do. It's, it is more or less a puppet of, of these entities. That, that's what I think it very much is. Uh, it's the same with the Ouija board. You know, uh, I, I say a Ouija board's no problem. That's because I'm a medium. I wouldn't advocate anybody use the Ouija board without a medium being there to control and to sort of um, filter what mm. comes through on the board. You know, if somebody so sends you an anonymous text, do you believe them straight away who they are? If you get it from an unknown number, You'd sort of turn around. You'd have to take. You'd have to few, ask a few questions and get more proof before you take that as as, as being the person that's saying it. I'm intrigued. Why? Why? I mean, you 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 know me and Ouija boards, Andy. Why do you why do you not advocate uh, use of a Ouija board without a medium being there? I mean, I've been I've been playing around with the the, <clears throat> the bits of cardboard for the last twenty odd years, and you know, yeah, I, I just I'm no feel... medium. Yeah, yeah you are. Yeah, we're talking a mental length was here in mind. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I, I don't I don't encourage anyone that uh, yourself, Steve. I think we're just immune to it, honestly. I think you've been waiting it for too long now. <laughs> but let's be honest. I mean, a Ouija board—it's a—it's a piece of cardboard. It's yes, a piece yeah. of wood. It's got it's letters. What it connects with, Steve. Yeah, that's, that's, that's as I've it. always, well, as I've always said, you know, the only harm it's ever going to do to you is if somebody picks it up and hits you with it. Hmm. Yeah, you know, you know, Steve, Steve, though, but if you look at it, what is an iPhone? It's just a bunch of components. It's the same thing. So the Ouija board is virtually the same as an iPhone, but yet we yeah, can do the, the iPhone. The Ouija board has a particular reputation. I mean, I, I've met mediums. I've met lots of people who, who won't go in the same room as a Ouija board. Right, right. It's what there. In reality, it is just a piece of wood or cardboard. Yeah, yeah, but everything we have is that. So, I mean, I that's... I would use it. Or someone that was, you know, wasn't clued up to what they were doing or what the potential damage could be. I mean, it's like the other thing, isn't it? That, you know, everybody has to imagine themselves bathed in 
blue light, oh, white light. No, I don't do that. No, thanks. I can't never get it. It's very, very common over here. You know, you have to protect yourself before you uh, go on a ghost hunt. But protect yourself from what? I, I always, I always uh, picture myself getting a massage by a bunch of angels. And it works for me. I like that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I mean, we we talk about you talked about the 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 uh, I guess the the uh, what's the word I'm looking for the uh, about the Ouija board being not as good as a thing. But um, I mean, everything else that we do, like EVPs, the ghost box, and everything else, it's the same thing. We're still inviting spirit to talk through them. We're still we're not very qualified buy-in of any spirit. Uh, we kind of throw it out there, so anything can come through. So I mean, to me. Uh, an EVP, a ghost box, is just as dangerous as a Ouija board, if you believe a Ouija board is dangerous. Yeah, I think what you need to do is to take with a pinch of salt the person that the, the entity claims to be until you can prove this in some other way, shape, or form. You know, if, if something's recorded in its voice and it says it's X, then check out everything to prove it's X before you can confirm that. The reason I consider a medium as useful on that is because most mediums worth their salt would be able to connect with that on a different level and check out that it was indeed who it was climbing to be. Okay, well, I, I've just been told that the uh, pizza's here because the uh, doorbell rang, even though I didn't hear it. I don't know why. I can't hear I, it. I had it. Uh, but anyways, uh, our guest today has been uh, Andrew Taylor, and he is a medium. Uh, Andrew, if anybody wants to get a, in, in touch with you, how can they do that? Um, well, I mean, I, I can send you my uh, email address if you want to post that somewhere and, and get that. You know, they can get me on that any time. Of course, that's only the living that can use email. The dead just go straight through. Yeah, well, they, get right. through, they get through well, quicker than right. you can on oh. Skype. <laughs> so, Andrew, uh, do you have any events coming up or anything you want to uh, mention? <laughs> I'm doing a Halloween event at Blickering Hall here in Norfolk on the 27th of October. So it's a bit of a haunted house thing, but uh, I don't think there's many of your listeners going to be there, but maybe if someone's UK side, they'd want to come to that, and that's from 6 till 8.30, I believe. Okay, very good. On twenty-seventh Saturday. Well, thank you, Andrew. We, want, we appreciate you stopping by and uh, chatting with us today, and uh, as usual, uh, Cal and uh, Steve, thank you so much. Uh, cheers, Andy. Yeah, cheers, cheers Andy. to all of Great speaking to you. So uh, tune in next week when we have another great show. So good night and God bless all. Good night. Goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good luck.